0: We all like to think that we're doing right by the planet when we buy green products, right? Minimal packaging, sustainably built. It feels really nice to do it, but is it really as nice for Mother Earth as we would like to believe it is? Yeah. How do you know? John Sturman might beg to differ. He's a professor of system dynamics at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah. Thank you, Mark. Happy to be here. Why is it so difficult to tell exactly how green an item is? It can tell you that it is, but you don't necessarily know that it is as green as as the company claims
1: right so it's because you have to trace it back all the way through the supply chain to the most upstream inputs and that's a difficult undertaking and most companies don't yet have the capability to do that
0: i was going to ask you i i I read i read about value chain tracking, I believe it's called, and looking at every aspect of the chain as to uh, where a product comes from, the raw materials built into it. And it's got to be a difficult task for anyone, even I would think a multi-million, multi-billion dollar company to track that kind of thing.
1: Absolutely right. So let me give you a couple of examples. So uh, suppose you wanted to make sure that the fish you're having for lunch was uh, harvested, uh, caught sustainably. Mm -hmm. Well, Uh, There are many, many opportunities all the way back to the boat for people to substitute a different species or a fish that wasn't caught sustainably for one that was. And in order to verify that, in fact, you're eating something that you can feel good about eating, you need to have somebody that you can trust who's traced that all the way back. That means people observing the process all the way back to the boat same thing if you wanted to buy say a garment made out of organic cotton there's no way to tell from the shirt you're wearing whether the cotton in it is organic or not organic is more expensive but uses far fewer pesticides and herbicides and other inputs that are harmful to the environment in order to verify that in fact the cotton in that shirt is organic and sustainable, you'd have to have somebody monitoring every step all the way back to the cotton field, because at every step along the way, harvesting the cotton, ginning it, spinning it, dyeing it, weaving it, sewing it into garments, somebody has an opportunity to substitute a cheaper form of cotton in, and you won't be able to tell as the consumer. So this makes it very difficult for companies. And you also have to track on the downstream supply chain. That is what happens at the end of the life of the product. We can talk about that, but uh, it's really hard for companies to do this. There's a variety of third party nonprofits out there, the Marine Stewardship Council, for example, their goal is to certify certain kinds of fish as sustainable uh, coming from fisheries that aren't overexploited, Uh, but it's very difficult even for them to verify that what you're eating on your plate is what it was on the menu
0: so we know it's not an exact science but we see companies all the time claiming on their packaging in their commercials various advertising that they do that their products are green environmentally friendly sustainability is a big word as well so if they can't 100 guarantee that if they can't track it through every aspect of the supply chain right down to the individual farmer or fisherman uh, why are they allowed to market their products as green
1: Well, so what's allowed that depends on the regulations in each individual country and jurisdiction. Uh, And typically those are not as stringent and accurate as they ought to be to to reduce the chances that you're not getting what you're paying for. Uh, And that's of course due to the power that companies have over the legislative process. Um, So there's an important role here for the public and for activists. Uh, Companies are rightly concerned that some member of the public, some activist group with smartphones would be able to put some video on TikTok or YouTube showing that, yeah, you claim that you're not harvesting old growth forest, here's the video, We, we watched you cut down the trees, we watched those trees go on trucks right to your mill. That's a very harmful thing for companies. So Mm -hmm. there's an incredibly important role for activist groups here and, uh, and for the public to support them so that companies that aren't willing to produce a verifiable trace of their inputs all the way through their supply chain, uh, somebody will do it for them. And in a way that
0: will harm their reputation and their sales. Interesting how many layers there are to this. Even PR plays a part in it. This is Global News Radio. We're speaking to John Sturman. He's a professor of system dynamics at Massachusetts Institute of Technology. John, you mentioned the public. What can the public, the purchasers of these final end products, do to make sure they are supporting brands that are, I guess, as green as they can be or that they're not being fooled into buying products that claim that there's something that they're not?
1: Yeah. So first thing is to... Uh, to demand action by our governments uh, so that the regulations can be created and made stronger so that uh, there are appropriate sanctions and penalties for companies that violate them, uh, and that the budgets for the enforcement agencies are sufficient to actually do their job. Down here in the United States, we've had a long history, not just during the prior administration, but going back at least to the Reagan administration and possibly before of weakening regulation and hollowing out the budgets of the EPA and OSHA and the Occupational Safety and Health Administration and other agencies charged with actually making sure that the laws are followed. And that encourages companies to, I'll just say, um, cheat. Now, of course, not all companies do this, but uh, without adequate resources for government agencies to follow up and make sure that our laws and regulations are actually followed, uh, there's a strong incentive for unscrupulous
0: operators to, to cheat. The corporate world also has such a heavy hand in politics through lobbying, donations, whatever the case may be, that you know it may also encourage those in charge to kind of look the other way on that cheating.
1: Absolutely, the term of art for this in political science is regulatory capture, but that's really a polite way of saying corruption. The process has been corrupted so that the companies often are writing and drafting the legislation and the regulations that are going to uh, regulate their own own enterprises. Mm -hmm. That's not an appropriate way to carry on
0: our collective public business is it reasonable to cut out all emissions in the production chain in our lifetime
1: yes i think not only is it possible but it's necessary in order to have any decent chance of limiting global warming to less than two degrees much less the one and a half degree target then global greenhouse emissions have to fall by about half by 2030 and reach net zero by around mid-century We have almost all the technologies we need to do this right now today. Principle among them, efficiency, which is the fastest, safest, cheapest way to get us what we want, which is to be warm in the winter, cool in the summer, have access to meaningful employment and education and healthcare and cultural opportunities. And then to do the rest with zero carbon renewables, wind, solar, geothermal, hydro, and storage to go with them. This is
0: possible, and in fact, it's necessary. 2030, that's not a lot of time to play with. That's John Sturman from MIT. Thank you very much, John. You're very welcome. Thank you.